And uh, it's been a bit of a ride, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we, we will be coming to an end fairly shortly. We're only at chapter 15 at the moment, but we will be finishing up soon and moving on to other things. But if you have missed any of the previous messages on 1 Corinthians that we have shared here, you can always listen to the podcast. Now, put your hand up if you knew there was a podcast. You're good. Yeah, that's about 50%. We're doing well. The wonders of modern technology is that if you uh, happen to not be able to make a Sunday or if you are uh, somebody who likes to nod off in, in service because, you know, the preacher's boring, uh, you can listen to it again uh, or you can listen to it for the first time if you've missed it. Um, I often listen to our Sunday sermons again just to make sure that I'm on the right track, especially if Stuart's preaching. I want to make sure I've heard everything. So if you would like to do that, they are available on our website and on iTunes and all other places. So take advantage of that. It is a good thing. So our theme for this year, which some of you may have got right before, is seek first and find hope. It's important to remember that uh, because we are talking all around this idea of what it means to seek first and find hope. No matter what passage we are looking at on a Sunday morning or on a Thursday evening, no matter what passage we're looking at, this year we want to have as our over-abiding compass, seek first and find hope. Last week, Stuart talked about the idea of resurrection and grace. And fortunately for me, I'm flowing on from the exact verses that Stuart preached last week. So where he ended, I'm picking up from verse 12 to verse 20 of chapter 15 of Corinthians. And we're going to talk mostly this morning about resurrection, the idea of what resurrection is for us as Christian people. Now, this was a big topic in the first century. It was a really big topic, believe it or not. Uh, and the Pharisees, which are a group of the religious leaders, believed in this idea of resurrection. I don't know if you knew this. The Pharisees believed in resurrection. For once, Jesus and the Pharisees agreed on something. Very rare in the New Testament. Jesus had some not nice things to say about the Pharisees, those whitewashed tombs. He said some nice choice language about what these Pharisees were like. He did not like the Pharisees very much because they were all about outside appearance and not inward change. But he did agree with them on the resurrection, or at least partly. We know from actually outside the Bible uh, that the Pharisees believed in this resurrection idea. Josephus, he was a guy who uh, was a Roman historian as well as a Jewish man, wrote this about the Pharisees and what they believed about resurrection. He said, they think that every soul is immortal, although only the souls of good men will pass into another body. Only the souls of good people will be resurrected into a new form of life. Now, that's not quite what we believe. That's not quite what the Bible teaches. But they weren't off the mark in this idea of resurrection. Before I go any further and make it all muddy and complicated, let me talk about what we in the Bible and Christians believe about resurrection. We believe that it is something that happens now in our lives, that we are resurrected with Christ, our old self is put away, and we rise to new life when we believe in Jesus. And we also see in the Bible that resurrection is to happen after we die, that we will be resurrected again after death. That might sound a bit strange, but it is what the Bible teaches. It is what Jesus taught. So just doubling back a little bit, there were a few groups of Christian theologians, sorry, not Christian theologians, Jewish theologians that believed different things in the New Testament. You would have heard of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. There was another group called the Essenes, but the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the main two that are talked about in the Bible, talked about the most. And these guys didn't get along 
they disagreed on a bunch of things. You can see a few of them up there. They didn't necessarily see eye to eye. And the big talking point between them was, in fact, this resurrection. The Pharisees thought, when we die, we will be raised again. There is an afterlife. Whereas the Sadducees didn't believe in an afterlife. They believed that when you died, that was it. It was done. No afterlife, no resurrection. And there are many people in our world who believe that today, correct? Many people who believe that today. But the good thing for us today is that this controversy between the Pharisees and the Sadducees has actually created the best dad joke in the Bible. I don't know if you know this. Why were the Sadducees sad? Because they were sad, you see? (laughs) The best dad joke in the Bible. Now, (laughs) I think it is anyway. There's a couple of other good ones in there, mind you. But this is a sad thing. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe that anything happened, that when you died, that was it, it was done. And it's sad today that many people do believe that. It is a sad thing. Because without a resurrection, and Stuart told us this week, there's no hope. And this is what Paul was saying in his letter to the Corinthians in verses 12 to 20. That without the resurrection, there is no hope. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the basis for our hope as Christians. In fact, it's the whole premise of our theme this year. We can't find hope unless there is resurrection underpinning it. Unless there is something that holds true. Why would there be a reason to seek? Paul says this quite bluntly in verse 17. You might have just heard it. If Christ has not been raised... Your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if there's no resurrection of Jesus to life, then our faith is meaningless. Paul is really straight about this. Now, we learn this. If we've ever been in Sunday school, you would have heard of how important the resurrection is, but it is the linchpin of the Christian gospel, the linchpin that promises hope for you and freedom for your sins. The resurrection is the linchpin that promises hope for you and freedom for your sins. Without it, we don't have hope. Now, I'm going to diverge a little bit this morning into something else uh, to give us a bit of clarity in the New Testament about resurrection, so, so that it's not just all these great philosophical ideas. In baptism, we see this happen. The idea of death and life. Baptism is this idea of we are in our sins, and then when we come out of the water, we are raised to new life. In the book of Romans, chapter 6 and verse 4, Paul says this, Therefore we, you, have been buried with him, Jesus, by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And that's why I brought up before, at the very beginning of this message, that resurrection is something we experience now in this Christian life, and also later on. Our hope in Jesus is very much connected, sorry, our hope is very much connected to the resurrection of Jesus. Baptism is a reminder that we need to come from death to life. We come out of the grave. Now, these are all good things to say, but I want to bring it right down to the nitty-gritty of what it looks like in our practical lives. Last week, Stuart talked to us about grace. And I don't know if you remember, if you were here, you would have heard that he talked about a powerful moment with one of his children. 
where he got the opportunity to show grace to one of his children, lovingly and kindly. Grace is a good thing that we can look at in our lives and go, that's something practical. I can show grace to others. I can love and care and forgive and avail that opportunity to people in my life. But when we look at resurrection, sometimes it can be hard. When we look at other topics in the Bible, it can be difficult to go, how does that fit into my everyday life? Grace is easier. Sometimes we can get disconnected from the Bible because the context is foreign to us. It's the first century Judea. What do the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the resurrection of Jesus have to do with my every single day life in this 21st century? What it has to do with your everyday life is that it connects in how you see your everyday life. I'm calling this resurrection optimism. Coming out of the water, rising into new life, putting on the new self is another thing that Paul says in the Bible. Taking off the old, forgetting what was past, pushing forward into new hope every day. Having an optimism about what is head and trusting that God will bring you through. Now, I have an example of this from my own life at the moment. Um, This week... The Lennon family have been really unwell, unfortunately. We've all been sick. My little boy's got an ear infection, and uh, my little girl's got croup, and Jelaine has had uh, yeah, a, a cough and a cold, and I've been really unwell as well. And I don't bring that up to go, oh, pity party for me. Look at me. Oh, that's really sad. I bring it up because in the midst of this week, it has dawned on me, and it had dawned on Jelaine as well, that we could sit in the doldrums. We could be sad about our little city pity party. Or we could choose to embrace resurrection. Look at our life with a different perspective. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there are dark seasons in life. There are very dark seasons in life. And I imagine within this room, there are people who are going through some very hard and very difficult things. And it's not something you can just shake off and have a happy-go-lucky attitude about. I get that. But this is deeper than that. What I mean by looking at resurrection optimism is saying, God, my circumstance might be dire. My life might be in trouble. People in my family might be going through terrible pain. I might be going through terrible pain. But I believe in the resurrection. I believe in your resurrection, Jesus, and I believe the resurrection for me. That there is hope in the dark. That I can arise out of the dust. That I can come through Through faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I can rise again in this life and in the life beyond. That is a powerful thing if we can grasp a hold of it. If we can believe that he is risen, there is hope in the dark for us. Because this is what Paul actually says to us. He's very clear in verse 20. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits as those who have died. Now, for those who were at the Thursday service, or if you happen to be at the 7.30 service this morning, I gave a little bit of a warning here. I'm going to get a little bit loud. Christ is risen. Hallelujah! It is amazing. It is fantastic. It is the best thing that has ever happened for you and for me. It is joy beyond understanding. I know it's not common to raise your voice that loud in church, necessarily. Resurrection. There is hope in the dark when things seem their bleakest. This is what we have to believe. And this is the promise that is given to us, that Christ raised and so will we. 
It's interesting, in this passage, I don't know if you noticed, you probably did, but it's a bit of a tongue twister. Roger, you did an amazing job, by the way. But Christ and raised and Christ and raised and Christ and raised and Christ and raised over and over and over again. It's actually a literary device that Paul used deliberately, and it was used a lot um, in his time. And it was done in the sense of a pop song. You know when a pop song just gets in your head and just raids around and keeps going and coming back? The idea is that when you read this, Christ is raised, Christ is raised, Christ is raised. stays in your mind. It's an important thing for us to hold on to and believe as Christians. And when Paul finishes this verse with the first fruits of those who have died, he's also alluding to something else. In the Old Testament, when they used to do the harvest, they would bring in all of the fruit. And the first fruits would be that which would be offered back to God. So it would be given and taken to the temple and given. Now, there's a specific point here, is that Jesus is the first fruits. He's the first one who has been raised from the dead. But he's just the first. You will be as well. Your time will come both in this life and in the future. Paul wants us to know that Jesus was, indeed, the first among many. So, we seek first and we find hope. This is how we believe, by holding on to Jesus, to the faith, to the resurrection and what that means for us in our everyday lives. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your resurrection. Thank you that there is great hope that we can trust you, that even in the darkest moments of our lives, you are there. Your resurrection is proof for us that our faith is not in vain, is not futile. Help us, Lord, to believe. Help us, Lord, to trust. Amen. In Jesus' name.